good evening and welcome to Christmas Eve candlelight service here at Northfield Baptist Church. Most of us understand that God loves us more than we will ever know. And he sent his son, Jesus, to this earth, actual earth, 2,020 years ago. And we're all sinners, and he knows that, and he still came and sent his son, Jesus, to take, our, take away our sins. And by accepting him as Savior, we will be with him in paradise. Uh, so tonight, we want to celebrate the birth of Christ by worshiping him as we read the account of his birth in three sections from the book of Luke. In each section, we will hear a message from Matt Adams. We'll sing praises to worship him and have a special. And the third special will be with our children. So let's uh, open in prayer and then we'll get started. Heavenly Father, we praise you for sending Jesus to be our Savior. And we pray that our honor and praise to you tonight will be acceptable in your sight. We also pray that you would give us the boldness to share Jesus with others of the hope that we have in him. And bless the time now that we endeavor to give you and honor um, you and your son, Father, for, for what you have done. And we just give you the praise, honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. If Trevor would come, we will use our song leader for this evening and start off with our congregational hymn. Good evening. Let's all stand together and grab our hymnals, and we'll turn to number 145. Oh, come all you faithful. 145.
great singing. You may be seated. Our first scripture this evening is Luke 2, 1 through 7. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was the governor of Syria, and all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child, and it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Matt? All right, let's grab all of our hymnals again and turn to number 123. We'll sing O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. 123. We'll sing the first and last on this one. On the first, 123. O Come. Thank you all for coming. It is a privilege and a blessing to celebrate our Savior, Jesus Christ, with the body of Christ. And I'm so grateful to be here as we go through this precious passage of Scripture 
that talks about the birth of our Savior, Luke chapter 2. And as we, as we go through this, I want to think about a word, and that word is anticipation. Are you anticipating Christmas? Maybe some of you back there may be anticipating tomorrow morning when we get to open some presents, or maybe you've been, are anticipating taking some time off of work. I'm definitely anticipating that. Maybe you've been anticipating tonight and lighting the candles and singing. It's always a blessing to do that. Well, Luke begins, um, we have a bunch more coming in. Luke begins this chapter two with a, um, with, uh, he says, um, in those days, it came to pass in those days. And so I wanted to ask, what, what are those days he's talking about? And you know, he says it was the days when, when a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole world should be taxed. Yes, that was those days. But if you back up, he talks about um, something else going on. He, he just finishes describing in chapter 1 the birth by a miracle as well of John the Baptist, right? And um, John the Baptist, it's, it's prophesied in Isaiah, uh, Chapter 40, verse 3, it says, The voice of him that crieth in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. So, as you know, it had been 400 years since the closing of the Old Testament. This, it's been in this intertestamental period, they call it, where uh, there hasn't been a prophet in Israel for 400 years. And it was a great time of anticipation for the nation of Israel. Um, they knew the scriptures, they, they knew the prophecies, so there was, it was a bit confusing, you know, would Jesus be born in Bethlehem? Would he come from Nazareth? Would he come out of Egypt? Matthew explains those, but it was, it was a time of wondering and anticipating when is the Savior going to come? And so Luke begins chap, uh, in chapter 1, talks about the coming of John the Baptist as the fulfillment of a prophecy and if you remember, the, the Old Testament ends with Malachi, the very last book of the Old Testament, and the very last two verses of that chapter of, of chapter four, the very end of the Old Testament. He says, Malachi says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children, and the heart of the children to their fathers lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. So Luke says, um, well, along comes John the Baptist. And Luke describes John the Baptist. He says, um, and he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So along comes John the Baptist, and he is the fulfillment of this prophecy, these two prophecies. But is John the Baptist what they were anticipating? Well, as you know, Zacharias, John's father, he, um, remember, he couldn't speak. Since the angel had prophesied the, the birth of John the Baptist, he hadn't been able to speak. And then you know, this couple that's too old to have children, Elizabeth is pregnant. She finally has the baby, and they say they're going to name him John. And then finally, his tongue is loosed, and Zacharias begins to see, speak. He said he was filled with the Holy Spirit. And he says, 
Luke, Luke says here in chapter one, he says, and his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he hath visited and redeemed his people and hath raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David. And he goes on to say, and thou, child, speaking of John, shalt be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of the Lord and prepare his ways. So when Luke begins chapter one, two, these are the days. This anticipation period is coming to an end. And he quotes these verses in the Old Testament saying, John the Baptist is fulfilling these, prophet, these prophecies. But as Zechariah said, that's not really what they're anticipating. What they're anticipating is the Savior. They're anticipating Jesus. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the Anointed One. Are you anticipating Jesus tonight? You know, we anticipate His birth. We anticipate celebrating the resurrection in a few months. Um, I think maybe a lot of us are anticipating His return, which could be soon. But are you anticipating Jesus working in your life today, tonight? He says He came to give us life and life abundantly. So as we celebrate this special time, let's anticipate what Jesus is going to do tonight in our lives. Still and so. Sol-
I'm anticipating Matt's next message. Okay, we move on to Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, <clears throat> Fear not, for behold, I bring you good, news, good, good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from, from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go even to Bethlehem. And see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary, Joseph, and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And they heard that, they that heard that wondered those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they have heard and seen and was told unto them. All right, let's all stand together and sing number 132, 132. Oh. 
So what a spectacular event this would have been. The shepherds are out guarding their sheep by night. Um, I'm sure their, their sheep are bedded down. They may have a little campfire going. And, uh, you know, I'm sure they witness, as, you know, a lot of us in here love to go camping and sit around a campfire. And, you know, many times I've seen spectacular things in the sky that are beautiful and wonderful, but nothing like this. And I'm sure the shepherds were the same way, sitting there and suddenly this angel appears and they're terrified. But like God always does, he calms their fears and he tells them, there's a baby down the road. I was just thinking about um, what a memorable Christmas this would have been. And um, do you all have a memorable Christmas? One that you look back on and, and you remember with just great joy. Um, maybe it was a special gift you got or... Maybe you spent time with someone you loved and miss, and you just remember that special time. I was thinking about Christmas, and when I was a little boy, and um, you know, we didn't have a lot of money growing up, so we didn't always have a lot of presents, but there was one Christmas where there was this gift under the tree, and my name was on it, and it was about yay big, like this. I thought that, I was really, really curious about what this present was, and nobody was looking. I would sneak in there, and I would pick it up, Shake it, and and actually, somehow, there was a little tear in the wrapping paper. <laughs> and I would look in that little tear, and, and I saw something. It was shiny and yellow, and I got really excited. I couldn't wait till Christmas morning. I was anticipating Christmas morning when I could see the rest of whatever that was. It looked really neat, and I wanted to see it, and finally the day came. Christmas morning, we gather around the Christmas tree, and I carefully remove the paper, because that's the way I open presents, very carefully. I take the paper off, and it's a, it's a log truck, this really cool log truck. And you know, I grew up in East Texas in logging country, and I like log trucks. I see them driving by all the time. Well, this was a, a, log, a big one, not a little hot wheel thing. This was a big log truck. It even had real wooden logs that you could load on the back of the truck, and I would drive to the woods on one side of my bedroom and chop the trees down, load them into my truck, and then drive across the bedroom to the sawmill and unload it. And I would practice my backing the trailer skills. And, and you, could, you could even take the, the back wheels and put them on the cab like real log trucks do. It was so neat. I, I, my anticipations were fulfilled when I saw, finally unwrapped that present. Well, the shepherds, they see this marvelous sight, unlike anything they've ever seen. The heavenly host praising God and singing glory to God in the highest. But the real gift was actually down the road in Bethlehem. And as spectacular as that was, there was something greater down the road. Because down the road was the baby Jesus. The angel singing was just a sneak peek, just like that sneak peek. And so the shepherds made haste and they go down to Bethlehem and they find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and they worshiped him. And it says they went away glorifying God and praising his name. You know, uh, 
John, he starts his gospel. He doesn't start with the uh, birth of Jesus like the other gospels. In fact, he backs way up. In fact, he backs up even before creation. He says, in the beginning was the word. And then he says, all things were made through Jesus. There isn't anything that was made that wasn't made without Jesus. And the apostle Paul in Colossians, as he, he describes Jesus as the creator of the world, he says he's also the one that in all things consists. In other words, he holds all things together. You know, our, our, our planet is spinning around the sun at 67,000 miles per hour, and it doesn't fly to pieces because Jesus is holding it all together. And that Jesus who spoke this world into existence and holds it all together is the creator and sustainer of the universe is the same Jesus that was lying in the manger. And that's why they went away glorifying and praising God. And so I ask you tonight, as we sing and praise Jesus, that you don't just think about the little helpless baby in the manger, but you think about Jesus, the Almighty, the one who made you and takes care of you, and the one who saves you, who died to save you from your sin. Amen? Let's continue to praise his name. In a few moments, we'll have the children come up and sing, and, and we'll have uh, Jesus, Mary Joseph up here on, on this platform. And um, I'm anticipating that. How are you all doing with that? And um, so the question is, is how should a king come? And we're going to sing about that right now. So 
way that it's done. That's the way that a king should Well, I I can only anticipate what's going to happen next. In Luke chapter 2, verses 21 through 33, And when the eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and that same man, just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost, that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then he took him in his arms and blessed him. He took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now let us thou, thy servant, depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, 
which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to the lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. All right, let's all stand together again and turn to number 125. 125, joy to the world. So this last section of Luke, we've been talking about anticipating Jesus, and here it is again. Do you see in this last section, uh, Simeon? You know, we don't know much more about Simeon we, other than what's here, that he was a just and devout man, it says, and he was a man led by the Holy Spirit. But it says that uh, so Simeon was waiting for the consolation of Israel and that the Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he would not see death until he had seen the Lord's Christ. He was anticipating Jesus. It doesn't say how long he had been anticipating Jesus. Apparently, he was. it could have been a very long time. It appears he was a very old man because he says, Now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace. Um, so he'd been waiting for Jesus. And um, he had been anticipating this day when Christ would come. And he says, for mine eyes has seen thy salvation. Again, that's what they've been anticipating, the salvation, the one who would bring salvation. Um, and he says, he says that he laid his eye upon the one that would bring salvation, not just to the Jews, but also to the Gentiles, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. He had been looking for him, and he finally sees him. This has seen thy salvation. Again, that's what they've been anticipating, the salvation, the one who would bring salvation. Um, 
And he says, he says that he laid his eye upon the one that would bring salvation, not just to the Jews, but also to the Gentiles, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. He had been looking for him and he finally sees him. And so let me ask you, have you looked to Jesus? The great Baptist preacher, Charles Spurgeon, before he was known as the Prince of Preachers, um, as a young man, he, he was struggling and he had not yet put his faith in Christ. And he tells the story um, one Sunday morning. It was a cold, wintry day, and he's, he's walking down the road. He, he had planned to attend a particular church, and he was, he was in turmoil inside. He, he wanted someone to tell him how to be saved, is what he says. And um, so he's headed to this church, and the weather's getting really bad, and finally, he just he can't go on any further. It's snowing, and so he turns down this alleyway, and in the alley is what he called a primitive Methodist church. And so he decides to go into this little church, and he said there was only a handful of people, maybe 10 or 15 people in the church, and, and even the pastor who would normally have been preaching, apparently he'd been snowed in, and he wasn't there. And this old man who he said was probably a, a shoemaker or maybe a tailor, gets up to preach. And he said he, he really wasn't even a very smart man, and he mispronounced half his words, but he gets up there, and his text was Isaiah 45, 22, which says, Look unto me, and be ye saved, all the ends of the earth, for I am God, and there is none else. And then the old shoemaker, in his thick Essex accent, he says, Look unto me, I'm a sweating drops of blood. Look unto me, I'm hanging on the cross. Look unto me, I'm dead and buried. Look unto me, I rise again. Look unto me, I ascend to heaven. Look unto me, I'm a sitting at the Father's right hand. Oh, poor sinner, look unto me. Look unto me. And then it says he looked right at Charles Spurgeon. And he says, young man, you look miserable. And you always will be miserable, miserable in life and miserable in death, unless you obey my text. But if you obey right now, this moment, you will be saved. Have you looked to Jesus? We've been talking about anticipation, but I have a little secret. You don't have to anticipate Jesus any longer because you can look to him now and make him your savior right now. All you have to do is look to Jesus, recognize that you're a sinner, that there's nothing you can do to earn his salvation. No amount of work, no amount of struggling, no turmoil within can save you. Only Jesus can save you. And you must look to him as the tax collector who cried out and beat his breast and said, have mercy upon me, a sinner. We must look to Jesus. Only he can save you. Hebrews 12, 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus, the one they have been anticipating, the one we've been anticipating worshiping, 
is our Savior, and we don't have to anticipate any longer. We just have to look to Him and put our faith in Him. And for us who have already looked to Jesus, and, you know, maybe we're looking around the world and we're like, what is going on with this world? You know, sin is celebrated and truth and righteousness are ridiculed. What do we do? Well, we keep looking to Jesus. You know, like Peter, when Peter stepped out of the boat and he started walking to Jesus on the water, as long as he was looking to Jesus, he was okay. But when he saw the wind and the waves crashing and he looked away from Jesus, he began to sink. In the same way, these turmoils around us, these troubles are going on. We must keep our eyes on Jesus because he says he, in this world, we have, will have trouble, but take heart. He has overcome the world. Um, and I, I wanted you to remind us all this. As we look at these troubling times, Acts 17, he says, He hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth, and hath determined their times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation, that they should seek the Lord, if haply they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from us. So we are here for a reason. These may be troubled times, but again, as Jesus said, take heart, he has overcome the world. Look to Jesus. He has promised to never leave us nor forsake us. Stand firm and know that even when all else fails around us, he will not fail. And one day, he will wipe away every tear, and there will be no more crying or pain. But guess what? I'm anticipating Jesus again, am I? We celebrate his first coming, and uh, when he was laid in that humble manger, but let us live in light of his next coming, when he shall return because that will be far more glorious than even the multitude of heavenly hosts saying glory to God in the highest. And like Simeon, who was anticipating the coming of Christ, says he was led by the Holy Spirit and he lived a just and devout life. Let us also be led by the Holy Spirit and seek to live righteously. Galatians says, to walk in the Spirit, lest we gratify the desires, that we will not gratify the desires of the flesh. James says, let us draw near to Him, and He will draw near to us. So, look to Jesus and anticipate what great things He can do. Look to Jesus, and then let this world know, as Dick said earlier, let this world know by how we live and what we say that we have a Savior. And that is Christ the Lord. Look to Jesus, and we will truly see peace on earth and goodwill toward men, just as he promised. So let's keep on looking to Jesus, trust him, and let's praise his glorious name. Amen. This next uh, special music segment it's going to be give the chance for the young people to spit to sing. And so we're going to have a little enactment of Jesus, Mary, Joseph putting the baby in the manger. And all the children would like, would like to come and sing.
away in the manger in Silent Night, just come up forward and join around the manger. I'm going to come up and have our next song. All right, so as the kids are coming forward, we'll sing number 141, A Little Town of Bethlehem. We'll sing the first and the last verse, number 141. 157. Holy infant so 
on the last. Silent night, holy night, Son of God, lost your light, radiant beams from thy holy face, with the dawn of redeeming grace. like to thank all the children for coming up and doing this little play. Let's give them a hand. Thank you so much. All righty. While the children are returning to their seats, we'll go to number 138. We'll sing Go Tell It on the Mountain. 138. candlelight service part of the service we'll have melanie come up and explain what to do and then we will have the lights slowly go out 
So don't be afeared. We have 50 candles worth of power here. Okay, so there should be a lighter in every pew. Y'all can go ahead and light your candles. We'll, we'll endure all the clicking and clacking. Um, I think we tend to keep eagle eyes on our candles until we blow them out. And that is when we ruin our upholstery. So if everyone could please keep an eagle eye on their candles until they set them on the table. So once you light it, just don't burn your hair or your neighbor's hair. And once we're all done singing and enjoying them, please put your hand around it to blow it out and then keep an eagle eye on it and don't tip it one way or tip it the other way or talk with both hands until you set it down on the table. And that would be perfect and maybe we won't have any wax on the seats. Thank you so much. grab our hymnals and turn to number 133, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Hark the Herald Angels Sing. One sixty four, one small child, one six four. On the first, one. Oh, wait, we're not doing. I was about to say, 
It's like, I, I thought I didn't know this song very well. Wow. <laughs> What child is this? 137. Let's sing the first and last on this one. <clears throat> 137. On the first. What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap sleeping? Who Oh. 
on the last. So bring him incense, gold, and myrrh, come pleasant king to own him. The king of kings salvation brings, that loving hearts in we'll sing number 148. Oh, holy night. Number 148. <clears throat>
taught us to love one another. His law is love, and his gospel is peace. Chains shall he break, for the slave is our brother, and in his name all oppression shall cease. Sweet hymns of joy in grateful chorus praise we and all within us praise his holy name. Christ is the Lord. Oh, praise his name. count of three. <laughs> Blow your candle out. One, two, three. Very well. We did great. Keep, keep that held straight until it hardens. <laughs> well, we want to thank you all for attending. Um, I always, I wanted to remember a reminder to uh, remember to give you this. David Jeremiah, in one of his messages, included this regarding uh, Jesus' birth. He said, Deity, think about this. This takes, took me a little while to think through it all. Deity invaded humanity. Eternity invaded time. And royalty invaded poverty. Always remember that. This, think about God and what he did for us. And, and um, I guess my charge to you is anticipate his coming. We are anticipating it now. But uh, we have hope. And um, a lot of our neighbors don't have hope. They don't know where to turn. And they just need some bold Christians to come and tell them. And, you know, we have to, sometimes we have to give up our reputation a little bit and just reach out and just ask God to, to show you what to say and um, share the truth. Share the gospel with your neighbors. that They can know the truth. They can have hope. Because with the, especially with the pandemic, people are afraid. They're very fearful. And so be bold. Be out there. And, and I'm, I'm giving my char that charge to myself as well. Let's uh, close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just anticipate your second coming as well. And Lord, we love you, Lord, and we need you so much. We just thank you for being there for us and for coming when you did, just at the right time. 
And Lord, we just uh, praise you and thank you for each one here and each one uh, viewing this uh, via live stream. And we just pray, Father, your blessing upon each one. And we pray that you'd uh, bless everyone with a very Merry Christmas. For it's in Christ's name we ask it. Amen. You are dismissed.